Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of WK's Hamid podcast. I'm Alan Zepa, and as always I'm joined by my co-host Kieran McLaughlin. Hi guys, good to see you again, hope you're all still well. How you doing mate? Yeah, not too bad, keeping well, same old, same old, yourself? Also quite well. Good, good. Um, today no guest, as we've, we want to differentiate the episodes. Uh, just a heads up, next week's episode also might not be with a guest as I'm preparing for my final exams. So we might have to record one in preparation. So how are the episodes without guests are going to work? We're going to talk a little about a few topics around football and then a little quiz you guys can also uh, take part in and post your results uh, in the comments below if you want to of course so yeah let's jump straight into the topics so not sure if you've seen but the women's pr- equivalent of Premier League has been cancelled and the championship equivalent also I think but the Premier League has been officially cancelled uh, the Premier League in which country? Uh, women's. Oh, the yes. Women's Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. Um, I don't. I didn't see that if they've. Uh, they don't think they've awarded a champion yet, have they? Not sure. No, I think at the moment they've just ended it, and um, I think it's um, it's a tough one. You know, obviously, I said a few weeks ago when we first started the podcast, I wasn't really up for the idea of any league return. I. I firmly believe that um, they should have avoided them. Of course, we've gone ahead with the Bundesliga and so far it's been good and touch wood, hopefully it continues and nothing happens. Premier League looks on course to go ahead. You know, um, it's a shame for the Women's Premier League because obviously in recent years, women's football's course been getting bigger and bigger. Uh, just seen over here uh, how the FA Cup final, their equivalent has been getting, the attendance has been going up and up. Uh, so it is a shame, and of course it will be a big loss for a lot of the clubs uh, financially, um, who rely on those gate receipts to well survive. You know, because I suppose women's Premier League level isn't quite the level of the men's Premier League. You know, they're probably more a lot lower down in terms of how much money they got. So it's quite tough for them. But um, like I said a few weeks ago. I believe the safety of people is the main thing, and I, f- I thought all leagues should have been voided, but there you go. It's also that the English Women's FA followed suit, as in the recent weeks, I think the uh, Spanish top women's leagues and Italian top women's leagues also have been uh, cancelled. So at least it's nice to, nice to see that all women's league are cancelled. Yeah, I suppose that there's a consistency about it, but yeah. it's just a shame because, like I said, obviously the men's game is a bit bigger and it obviously means more money comes with it and losing so many games in the women's seasons, obviously it's going to be a big, big loss for them. It's going to hit them hard. But uh, hopefully they'll be able to recover because uh, women's football was, was on a big rise, especially after the World Cup. So... Hopefully, you know, it'll be able to pick up again and get through this. 
in terms of uh, West Ham's women's team, I think that it won't be that bad as uh, the chairman is David Sullivan's son, Jack Sullivan. So the team is funded uh, straight through by the West Ham United owner. So that would be as bad. But some other teams probably aren't in as good financial situation. So I really hope that it won't affect as much. I think it's more of a case of the men's teams, uh, the men equivalents backing the women's teams, you know, trying to help them to keep afloat, really. I think they just need to step up and help them. Obviously, it's a tough time for them, but I think they need to all come together and try and get through this. Yeah. So, with the leagues being cancelled, men's football is on course to come back. Bundesliga is already up and running. Uh, Serie A is about to start again. La Liga is, I think, scheduled to come back in about two weeks. Yeah, a week from Saturday, I think. Yeah. And the Premier League is also... That 20th of June, I think they were talking about. Which is nice. It is nice. In terms of football, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, as much as I might have been against the whole idea in terms of health uh, health and safety, yeah, um... I think at the end of the day, it will be a big boost for people just to have football back on the telly. I know like that first game, Bundesliga, I think it was Dortmund. So many people were so happy just to have football back. You know, people doing the same thing over and over just to be a bit of normal life again, just to have football back, even if it is at the fans, you know. It's just something, a bit of entertainment, you know, so it is good. And hopefully if everyone keeps, you know, healthy in that, you know, it should be good. I just really hope that it's not rushed back, that it's yeah, all done safe and and to the I point where there won't be any problems afterwards. I th- yeah, I think the Bundesliga have done it right. They seem to have a, the, obviously a lot of um, uh, protocols in place, you know, like disinfecting the ball at half-time, you know, this and that. Face masks for substitutes, big gaps between them, you know. I think they're putting some good things in place, you know, and if other leagues follow suit, Hopefully, you know, it'll work out as well because so far, of course, it's it's all been, it's all gone well, to be fair. And, uh, you know, hopefully it carries on that way. Um, it's just an issue about how other leagues start up again come uh, August time, you know, the 2021 season. That's the big question. But for now, everything's going well, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think Serie A uh, chairman announced that they want to start just either Syria or uh, La Liga that they want to start the next season uh, at the either at the end of uh, August or at the beginning of September so the players will have like two or three week break between which yeah. honestly might not be enough uh, yeah I suppose they've had so much time out um from playing this obviously this is going to hit them a bit playing now but I suppose it just keeps I suppose it keeps everyone in each country gets morale boosted for everyone I suppose just to have football back um, so like I said I suppose as much as I was against it if they can put the right protocols in place without exposing anyone or anything then why not why not go ahead with it <laughs> 
So coming back to the topic of financial hits, Manchester United announced that they won't be charging loan fees for for the players. Um, I think it was about one hundred thirty thousand pounds for like Joel Pereira, which is very nice to see. See a big Premier League club do something like that. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, it's up to these bigger clubs with the you know the financial muscle to make some sacrifices, you know, for the better of smaller clubs, for the better of the community and everything like that. And, you know, it's quite good for Man United, you know, especially as they're probably one of, if not the richest clubs in world football. So it's a good example set and hopefully some more uh, big clubs um, do follow suit. would like to see even uh, West Ham. We have a few players on loan, like Nathan Holland, uh, Josh Cullen on loan, and most of the if not all clubs pay all wages, I think. Which yeah, in a lot of cases, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think any way teams can help out is good because like, this whole COVID could destroy the whole football pyramid of some countries, you know, where a lot of clubs could be going out of, you know, out of business, basically. So I think if any way the big clubs can help, I think they should. And I think this is a good, good step in the right direction from uh, Man United there. Also, uh, one of the clubs that Man United money for loans was Bolton. So it's also, again, very nice to see that Bolton, who is struggling with uh, financial terms very recently, have been in a sort of way let off. Yeah, yeah, because obviously they've um, obviously had a torrid time recently. Is, and uh, yeah, like I said, any way that they can help is obviously a positive and I think it's about just like the way everyone seems to be getting in the real world helping out each other a bit more I think that's the way the football clubs have got to go you know they've got to put rivalries aside etc to help the integrity of football you know if if they want things to go back to normal oh yeah definitely continuing with the topic of coming back to training or not um, Angolo Kante has reportedly refused to come back to training and ask Chelsea to let him off and that he ultimately won't feature again this season. I've seen an article uh, earlier today that he was sick with a virus or some other illness and the symptoms were very uh, similar to COVID-19 and that he just doesn't want to come back again at least this season. Yeah, I've seen a couple of players, you know, I think Troy Deeney's been one who's spoken yeah. quite a lot about it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these players, they've got families to go home to, you know, they've got their own concerns, you know, um, people who've got underlying health conditions, they don't want to risk it, you know, obviously, in the workplace, in the real world, people with underlying, etc. aren't going back to work, you know, so they feel like, why should they, you know, at the end of the day, they've got families who they want to care for. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much they're earning at the end of the day. People's safety matters. I think the majority of players want to get back to it. You know, they're keeping safe and they think everything's being done right, but others have got their concerns and it's totally understandable. And if Kante doesn't want to play because he fears his health, then fair play to him, you know. I think the majority, like I said, 
do want to go ahead with it, and that's good for them. But people got to remember, footballers are human beings as well. You know, they're not robots. So if they want to do that, then so be it. Yeah, and I think it was Tradini who said that uh, he's worried about coming back to play because some member of his family has very bad problems and if he was to get in contact with COVID-19 he would most likely have very big uh, problems. Yeah, you don't want to take that sort of risk, you know, with something that's so serious as COVID is, you know. So anyway, he's going to avoid it. He's going to want to do that. If that means not playing, then I'm sure he wants to make that sacrifice and no one should judge him for it, you know. In fact, we should be supporting him for it, for doing so, for trying to protect people. That's the whole point that people have been preaching is stay away from people to protect, you know. So we should be supporting their viewpoints. Yeah, and just like Danny Rose said, the players are not lab rats. They're human beings. They have families to care for. They have other problems as well. It's not like we have to go through with football because we don't if we can and it's all done safely and without any risks then okay fair enough but it's not the be all and all yeah because it feels like i understand that comment as well about the whole lab rats it does that's how it feels like the whole project restart because from the beginning it does feel like the premier league have just been rushing trying to get back into it you know not thinking of people more thinking about the money if i'm being honest um, but yeah, they're almost like lab rats to see to kind of test this thing safe or not without actually checking if it's safe, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but like, yeah, like I was saying, he's, he said exactly what I'm saying. If it's safe, fine. If not, then you can fully understand why they don't want to go ahead with it. Bundesliga's players, obviously, they've put in the right precautions. Obviously, the country's a bit better off than where the Premier League is in England in terms of cases and all that um, but overall the Bundesliga have done very well with all the protocols they put in place the players have already supported it and that's why they're now kicking ball because it's also the thing that if one thing goes wrong we're going back to the same point as we were a month well, ago this is, this is it I mean what was it um, about a month ago whatever it was uh there were still games going on over it and it took Arteta's case, you know, where he was tested yeah. positive for them to take action. If that hadn't happened, I was convinced they would have gone on for another two weeks maybe before oh, yeah. someone would have stepped in, someone senior would have stepped in, but because they've just got money on the mind and that's the big problem, isn't it? That seems to be the main focus rather than people's health at the moment. Like... Even around Europe right now, even in the Premier League, there's still been cases uh, of COVID-19. Players are going through tests, and they are, there are cases, even in the Championship recently. Mm. I think two players were uh, tested positive. In the Premier League now, I think there are a bunch of staff, one player at Watford, I think. I think, I think, yeah, I think there's Caboselli, about yeah. five players altogether who's tested yeah. positive in the Prem. What's interesting about that is I think that's still less than what the Bundesliga had just before the restart. Uh, in the second Bundesliga, I think Hanover had a bunch of players. I think Cologne had a couple of players as well, didn't yeah. they? And yet they still went ahead. That's the interesting thing. Premier League have 
got less before their restart so far. So we'll see how that one goes. Just hoping that everything's going well. Let's hope it so. Will go well. So now we're going to go through with the little quiz thing. As I've said earlier, uh, you guys can also take part, write them down, and post your results in comments. So, Karen, do you want to start or? Uh, yeah, go on then. Premier League focus quiz. Yeah. Um, random questions. I'm going to start with right. So David Silva, he made his 300th Premier League appearance for Man City. Who was it against? This is going to make me look very bad. <laughs> I thought I'd start easy. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I'm trying to to think because I obviously I'm going to know this. Just you've only got nineteen teams to worry about. That's the yeah. that's the way you got to put it. How many does he have overall? Once again. Yeah, this was his three hundred appearance. And he's on how many? Ooh, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> oh dear. He's on three hundred one. So oh wow! There you go. That should make it easy for you. <laughs> I mean, it should. Who's Man City played recently? It was Newcastle. It might have been Arsenal. No, no. Didn't go ahead that game. Honestly, I have no idea. Crystal Palace. Ah. <laughs> yeah. A bit I'm scared of your. I'm scared of your yeah. question now. Mine aren't that <laughs> bad. I, okay, one of them is a bit tricky but I'm going to start easy uh, right. how many goals did uh, Jonathan Caleri and Simone Zaza con- contribute to in the Premier League for West Ham <laughs> all together yeah this is a very easy one wait repeat the question <laughs> to how many goals did Jonathan Caleri and Simone Zaza contribute in the Premier League. Easy, yeah? Yeah. Zero? Close, one. <laughs> Cagliari scored the, scored the only goal of the two. So that's, what I thought, that's what I thought it was easy, the way you were just... That's what I thought it was zero, because the way you said easy, and their names were just like, ooh, I don't think they did much. <laughs> That was a partnership of dreams. <laughs> the 16-17 season. Right. Easy one for you. The Golden mm. Boot was won by three players last year. Who were they? Mo Salah, mm. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Sadio yep. Mane. Well done. Perfect. Oof. This you might not know. It's also West Ham based. Um, which player scored both goals uh, in West Ham's 
3-2 loss against Wigan that relegated West Ham from the Premier League in 10-11 season. That relegated Wigan, was it? Nah. The game relegated us because uh, West Ham were 2-0 up with the goals from the player I'm asking for. And Wigan came back with three goals in like 15 minutes. Wow. Um, 10-11, 10-11. I can give you a little tip if you want to. Yeah, go on. Um, The player uh, joined West Ham in the January transfer window of that season and left after. The club got relegated. So he's been at the club for like five months. And scored a bunch of goals. I think I know. Striker, yeah? Yeah. Denver Bar. Yes, well done. Come on. <laughs> well done. Honestly, he was he was absolutely brilliant for us. Such a shame that we got relegated. Yeah, he probably would have stayed as well, to be fair. Yeah, he's good. He, he had like seven goals in 11 appearances. I just remember him for the Gerard slip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget the Gerard slip. Serves him well for the 06 Cup final. Ah. <laughs> yeah, trust. West Ham deserved that. That's karma. <laughs> right, I've got to think of one now. Uh, who is the current top goal scorer in the Premier Jamie Vardy, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Mine are too easy now. That one, that first one was too hard and now they're just easy. <laughs> Isn't like 20 goals? About that. I think it's 19. 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. And then Aubameyang's on 17. Last one of my West Ham-based questions. Um, who's West Ham's top scorer this season? Goal scorer. Uh, it's not Haller, is it? Is that your answer? It is my answer. Yeah, it is. Hey. <laughs> seven goals. Seven. Jeez. Loving it. Bunch of players and like five, six, six goals. Ah, I'm so spread out more than yeah. Right, let me try and find a West Ham one for you. Hmm. Right. So, Jeff Hurst famously yeah. scored a hat-trick for England in the 1966 World Cup final. But who did he score a double hat-trick against for the Hammers? Oh, no. Told you, bringing it back to the hard ones. I wasn't even alive back then. <laughs> so what, man? You're meant to be a big West Ham fan. Come on. <laughs> it was like in the 1970s. All right, I'm I gonna. I've read about it. Are oh, you read about it? Yeah. I I know. I've read about it. It's in a team. Official West Ham uh, site has been. It's a, it's a team who play in red. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that play in red. Red and white stripes. 
they just had a Netflix series. I mean, a very Sunderland. good one. Yeah, Sunderland. I give it away there. <laughs> yeah, of the Netflix series. I was going to <laughs> guess Sunderland even before you said that. Oh, fair, fair, fair. I was thinking about either Sunderland on or Nottingham Forest. Well done, well done. Mine's more Premier League based now. Uh, which three teams were relegated from the Premier League in the 2015-16 season? 15-16. That's the year Leicester won the title. Yes. Ooh. Um, we finished second, I remember that. Who got relegated? I'm going to try and guess Newcastle. Yes. Newcastle... I remember that because I think they had they'd been relegated, and on the last day they beat Spurs five one, which meant we finished second. Yeah, that's just the way I remember. It. They've gone down by like by like a point. Yeah, and Sunderland stayed up. Uh, who else? Who else? Any clues? Um, one of the teams had a current West Ham player in their side. Okay. As in on loan or? Uh, he played there. Oh, he yeah, he's there. Now okay. he's at West Ham. Uh, I think. Are they in the Premier League now? Yes. Aston Villa. Yep. And the player was Carlos Sanchez. Oh, yes. And the other team, any clues? They're in the Premier League right now as well. <laughs> Let me think, think, think. It's not Norwich, is it? It is Norwich. There you go, come on. <laughs> all came down, all bounced back. Nice to see yes. them back in the Premier League. It is, it is. Although Norwich and Villa might as well be going down this season. You know, going straight back down this year. <laughs> <laughs> Norwich, I think they could stay up. Villa, Villa as well. Yeah, uh, the thing is, it's, it's peak on teams like Aston Villa and Norwich because I feel like they play some good football and obviously they've got some good individual players. It's just such a shame if they do go down. Because you just know the likes of Greenish, Max Ahrens, all them lot, and the uh, the list can go on. Yeah, they'll be on their way out as soon as they get ready. Hundred percent. Especially with this COVID, they need to make the money back. Yeah, that's a shame, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. And relegation is also such a massive financial hit. On oh teams. yeah, yeah. You're going yeah, from it's... like hundred forty million pounds. From TV money, like very forty. Yeah, so it's a massive hit. Okay, so I think you'll like this one. Go on. Right. So back in the two thousand five six season, mm-hmm. uh, Tottenham were getting ready to play West Ham, and. Yep. West Ham won that day. And there is a particular reason why they had an edge. Tottenham had food poisoning. What was the dish? 
I caused them to have it. Wasn't lasagna? <laughs> it was lasagna. <laughs> lasagna gate. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Everything just comes in our favour. Just brilliant. <laughs> God, I love the lasagna gate. Oh, brilliant. West Ham beating so Tottenham. We well. win. We get Champions League last day of Highbury. What a day. Yeah. Bloody lasagna. <laughs> That's all I ever order now. I just prefer spaghetti, to be honest. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. This is the last question I've got prepared. Um, how many goals did Gareth McAuley score in the 16-17 season for West Brom? It's been a big deal back then. Because he's been just... West Brom were awful. Yeah. I think they got relegated as well. And he was the best performing player in that side. So I'm and guessing maybe he scored quite a few then. He also scored against West Ham. Which is ironic. He was their, I think, second top scorer after Solomon Rondon. How many did Rondon have? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Okay, then. I'm going to guess six. Correct. Look at that. <laughs> well done. Alright, cool. You're you're gonna you're gonna hate this last question. Go on. Who has suffered the most defeats in Premier League history? West Ham United. Yep. Perfect. Who else is it gonna be? <laughs> I mean, we've been in the Premier League. Like, the Premier League started in. The ninety one, ninety two season. Yeah, 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 we've missed that one, but we're back next season. Uh, then we got relegated for like two years, and then in twenty eleven we've gone straight back up. So we've really missed like three or you four years of the Premier. You League. haven't missed too many years in the Premier League. Yeah, but that's probably why it's quite high. To be fair, but the yeah. next highest is um. Is Everton. They've been yeah. in every year. But yeah, West Ham. Poor old West Ham, eh? The West Ham way, mate. <laughs> it's just the West Ham way. Love myself a, a nice 4 0 loss to Swansea. <laughs> like a 3 1 loss to Stoke. And then go beat Man City at the Etihad or something. Yep. Just your usual. But yeah, that'll be it for the episode. Um, be sure to tune in uh, for the next one in two weeks. As I've said earlier, it might be pre-recorded. So if we have a guest, there won't be any Twitter questions. If not, you're going to see the same format as the one in this episode. And thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And yeah, stay home, stay safe. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.